You may not know it or want to believe it, but every two minutes, a child is sold for sex in the United States. The average age of that child is 13. And on any given month, nearly 100 children will be listed for sale for sex online in the state of Tennessee. This information may break your heart, but we want you to know that you are not alone. At Straight Hope Tennessee, we focus on bringing an end to the sexual exploitation and the trafficking of children. You see, trafficking, the actual definition, is any time a commercial sex act is exchanged for something of value, like money, food, shelter, or drugs. So for example, it could be a person that exchanges their child for sex for drugs. That happens here in East Tennessee, even in Knoxville. Straight Hope Tennessee focuses on several different areas. Awareness, prevention, restoration, and prayer. Awareness, because we go throughout the community and we are training people, educating them on what trafficking actually is, and then training them on how to identify it and how to report it, because more people trained equal more victims identified. Secondly, we're focusing on prevention education. We're educating kids in the communities and even in the schools. We're teaching them about internet safety, how to be safe online, what grooming is, what trafficking is, and then if you are stuck in a situation where you're being sexually exploited or abused or trafficked, how do I get out of it? Because ultimately, there is hope and there are people who love you that want to help. Third, we are focused on restoration. Currently, there are no restoration homes in East Tennessee for children who are survivors of trafficking. As a result, the Lord has led us to open a home called Garland Oaks. This will be a home where girls 12 to 17 years of age can come and yes, find a safe place to find healing and restoration. We're gonna have counseling, we'll have school, we'll have life skills education, but also they're gonna learn about their true identity. Who am I? What do I actually like to do? What am I good at? And most importantly, we want these girls to know the truth of who God says they are. Loved, significant, and valuable. That he has plans for them, plans for their welfare, plans to give them a hope and a future. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of our God, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn and grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland of beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. God does not put band-aids on our brokenness. God makes beauty out of ashes. And we want to invite you to be part of that movement with us. We are so thankful for Faith Promise. We're thankful for your faith family, for what you've already done for us, what you will continue to do for us, and thankful for the fact that you are joining us in this task to bring it in to the sexual exploitation and trafficking of children here in our community. See, real people with real problems is far more than just the people that will sit in one of our nine campuses. It's people that are exploited. It's folks that are lost. It's folks that are being tortured. People that just of all walks of real people 
with real problems. And we tend to not want to think about these kind of problems, especially children that are sex trafficked, but it's out there. And when we enter this Heart for the Harvest season, part of what we do in this season, we, we help our partners like Street Hope of help rescuing kids. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that kind of ministry. Are y'all with me? So, man. Welcome to all of our campuses, God Behind Bars, every campus. We're thrilled to have you with us in one of really our favorite seasons of the year, which is hard for the harvest. Now, we're known for helping real people with real problems, but we also want to be known for giving so generously that we help people, that, those that Street Hope or CARM or you know, Emerald Youth or one of our other many ministry partners that we get to help them. Why? So that people can see the real love of Jesus. So that we, we don't just walk by and say, be blessed and warmed and filled, but we actually give a cup of cool water in Jesus. And we actually open a door for people that, that are in desperate need. See, as, as followers of Jesus, we are followers of the cross. Is that true? Is, it, okay, let me ask, is that true? Yes. See, and the cross means one thing. It means sacrifice. And so we who are saints, we are followers of Jesus, should be marked by supernatural sacrifice. Would you all agree with that? So Heart for the Harvest, you may be new, but it's a, it's a one-time offering that we do each year. It'll happen in three more weekends. It's this part of the season that many families pray for and prepare for all year. They sacrifice, they save, they ask God, what do you want me to do? To be, what is our part in the Heart for the Harvest offering? It's also a season that we believe God for greater miracles. Now, is our God the same yesterday and today and forever? Is our God limitless in his power and scope? And so during Heart for the Harvest, we elevate our faith and look for what God is going to do. So we've already prayed, believing that God's going to restore relationships. Amen? Listen, if y'all go to believe, there's no reason to pray. Are y'all with me? Believing God's going to restore. Believing God's going to bring prodigals home. Believing God's going to save the lost. That's what we're, we're asking him to do this weekend. Next weekend will be, be no tricks, all treats. An incredible opportunity to invite fat, some of your unchurched family, friends. Great weekend for the kids. And we'll be doing stuff for the adults in here. Be, but, but it's going to be an incredible weekend. The next weekend, we're going to be praying for provision. Jobs, finances, the things that we need, we're going to be praying for that. And then the last weekend, the weekend that we bring our special offering, is going to be the weekend that we will set aside quite a bit of time and pray for healings. We'll have elders and pastors at stations at every campus. We'll have oil, and we will, we will believe God for healing. Can God heal? It was at a heart for the harvest. Uh, prayer time for healing. And my daughter went to Chuck Carringer's line, and Chuck Carringer anointed her with oil and prayed. And we believe by faith, and now we have little Bella. And there are more and more and more miracles that God has done. So we're going to believe God for healing. Are y'all with me? So we're challenging everyone at all of our campuses this weekend to, to enter with us a 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days begins Monday, uh, and then it will end with the weekend of Heart for the Harvest. And I want to challenge you. You, you know, fast a meal, unless you are fit, there's a, you got a blood issue or something, the doctor tells you you can't miss a meal, I want to challenge you, 
Fast a meal, fast a day, fast three days, fast one meal a day. Set aside your normal eating time and, and set aside that time for specific prayer. Are you with me? 21 days of fasting and prayer. We did some online devotions. They're about a minute, minute and a half. They'll be online. You can get that. Uh, I did several of them. Some of our other staff did those. They're going to be there for you. They'll begin Monday. But this is what we need to do. Or if you're listening, say I am. We need to ask God to increase our faith during this 21 days. Are you with me? Because let's be real. Can, can we be real? Most of us do not come to corporate worship believing that either God's going to show up or God's going to do miracles. Is that true? Come on. Is it true? We need God to activate our faith. We need God to create in us an atmosphere for the miraculous. Are you with me? And can I tell you, when we, when we, when we begin to elevate our faith, and that's what I'm going to ask you to pray for in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, when Jesus rolled up into Nazareth and all these people were sick, the scripture says, and Jesus did not do many miracles in Nazareth because they're what? Their unbelief, their lack of faith. Jesus was held back in his ministry because there was no atmosphere of faith in his own hometown. He went to other places and saw incredible supernatural miracles everywhere he went, but there there was no faith. If we want God to move in the supernatural, do we want that? A.W., do we want that? Come on, Anderson, I know y'all want it over there. Then we've got to come in with an expectation, and whenever, whatever you fast breakfast or lunch or dinner, all the above, and you spend time in prayer, I want you to ask God to ignite an atmosphere of faith that faith promise. That when we come, we will believe that folks are going to be saved. We'll believe drug addicts are going to get clean. We'll believe marriages are going to be restored. We'll believe that people will be healed. We'll believe that God can open up blind eyes. We'll believe that God can raise people so they can walk. We'll believe because our God is able whether we believe it or not. And so if we want to walk in that atmosphere, because my Bible says God's the same yesterday and dead forever. His ear is not dull, nor is his arm shortened. And our God is still able and still doing incredible miracles. I want to be a part of that. Are y'all with me? So let's lean in. This 21 days, man, when you're praying, pray, believing for every weekend. Pray for next weekend, people will be saved. Tricks all treats. Pray that, that, that people will come expecting. Pray that God is going to do these things that we're praying for. Because I believe New Testament evangelism was not they got tracts and walked out and handed them out. New Testament evangelism was signs and wonders and miracles, and people were so victorious, so awed at the presence of God. God was moving in such a supernatural way. They told everybody what God was doing. They were transformed, and more people wanted some of that. We act and live too close to lost people that all they're going to get is to come to church so Sunday, give 10% of their income away. They need to understand if they get with Jesus, they're going to have an abundant life. Y'all with me? Come on, I feel a little hesitation out there. Pray to get your hopes up. Maybe God will let you down. Think we prayed for something before and God didn't do it, so we won't ask him again. Can y'all feel it in the room? I don't know what's going on over there, Farragut, but I got something ain't right over here. Are you with me? So, and in that, in that time of prayer and fasting, ask God 
What is your part of extending God's hand and expanding God's kingdom? Ask God what he wants you to do in this heart for the harvest and in the offering. God, I'm asking for a supernatural visitation of the Holy Spirit. God, I cannot work it up. I I just refuse to hype. I refuse to, God, we need a visitation of you. We need some biblical faith, God, that we know that you can, that you can that you can take old Anthony and grow a lung in his, in his chest, God, that you can heal people that we've been praying for. God, we, we don't just want to read a list off on a prayer list, God. We want to see you move. And so, God, would you give us a visitation of faith? Would you speak to us clear words about what you want to do and let us walk in obedience? I pray in this time of prayer and fasting that we sense you to the greatest level we ever had before. And when we come, we are going to get here believing that you, God, are going to move. In Jesus' name we pray. We believe it and we receive it. Who's with me? Give God an amen. Come on, somebody. So where the Spirit leads, where the Spirit leads, our theme has been follow, you know, follow the feeling. And, and the common calling that we have to follow the, the, the passage in Luke Chapter 4, 18 and 19, which is a quotation Jesus says of Isaiah that we heard in the, in the video you just saw. How do we do it in 2019? How do we see it again in 2020? And then see next generations who are walking in it. Because listen, boomers, we've seen the, the least move of God in almost any generation in America under our watch. Are you with me? Churches dying all around. So... How can we abundantly prepare for the next generation, for the next mighty move of God? How do we abundantly prepare for the next, the, for real people that have real problems? How do we prepare for God to do an incredible work? Are you with me? So how do, how do, we, how do we do that? Now, we would all agree, if we were to sit down and have a cup of coffee, and I was asking you this question, look at you, said, hey, let me ask you a question. Is this, is this axiom true? It's too late to prepare when opportunity knocks. It's not a trick question. Come on, y'all. I've tricked you too many times. It's my fault. I got it. It's my fault. It's too late to say, okay, opportunity's knocking. Wait, Lord, I got to go get ready. It's too, it's too late. We've got to be making preparations now. And there's a passage that we're going to use these next three weekends out of 1 Chronicles chapter 22. David has really expanded the borders of Israel. He's united all the tribes. He's having this incredible, incredible uh, success militarily. And now he, he begins to see there's peace coming. And David does something that is extraordinarily uncommon. He's got a word from God, and he begins to prepare for the future and the next generation that's going to come. So let me, let's look at that. 22 verses 1 through 5. Then David said, this is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offerings for Israel. Now, he's talking about the tent of the meeting. So David gave orders to gather foreigners who were in the land of Israel, and he set stone cutters to hew out stones to build the house of God. So he's pointing at the tent, the tabernacle, where the ark dwelt, but he's talking, then he starts moving about the temple that will be built. David prepares large large quantities quantities of iron to make nails for the doors, for the gates, for the clamps, more bronze than could be weighed, 
timbers of cedar logs beyond number for the Sidonians and, and the Tyrians also brought quantities of cedar timber to David. And David said that my son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house that is to be built for the Lord shall be exceedingly and magnificent, incredible, famous, and glorious throughout all the lands. Therefore, now I will make what? I will make preparations for it. So David made ample preparations before his what? See, what most of us are thinking about is our generation, not the one to come. By the way, Israel, we're, I'm taking a group to Israel, and if you want to be a part, we're going to need to know that pretty soon. It's in March of this coming year during spring break, and we'll actually be on the Temple Mound where the temple was, and we'll go where Shiloh, where the tabernacle was, some incredible. So if you want to be a part of that, if you'll let my assistant Jody know, and uh, that door is open. So if we're going to extend God's hand and we're going to expand God's kingdom, it requires preparation. Will we agree with that? So David is going to build this temple. It's an extraordinarily audacious venture that he takes to move. It involves planning, involves materials, workers. 180,000 men worked to build the temple after David's death. Some of the stuff was transported for hundreds of miles and taken there to what would know, we know today as the Temple Mount. So Heart for the Harvest for Faith Promise is a season of preparation, a season of lavish generosity of more beyond what we normally do to get prepared for the next move of God. Is God going to keep moving? So uh, in, in two weekends, well, we're going we're gonna to go, we're going to stay in this chapter and we're going to look how extraordinarily magnificent the temple and extravagant it really was and all that David does. This is just part of what David does to make preparations. He wanted to build it for God, and God said, because you're a man that shed blood. And I was praying over that passage this morning and wondered if it was because of what he did with Uzziah, shedding innocent blood. But whatever it was, God says, you're not going to build it because you're a man of war. You shed blood. Your son Solomon is going to build it. So so he prepared, and hopefully you're preparing for something incredible. Are you with me? An incredible move of God at all of our campuses. At Pellissippi and Anderson and Blunt and North and Farragut and God Behind Bars at, at, on our online campus, that God is going to move and grow and expand, that we're going to keep adding services and adding campuses, more people and more places. In January is our plan to, to uh, launch Promesa de Fe, North Knoxville, We've got Costa Rica, but we've got Hispanics in Knoxville that don't speak English, so we're going to start a Spanish service at our North Knoxville campus. What about Oak Ridge, our Bearden? What about downtown? Come on, somebody. Chattanooga, Memphis, Johnson City, Nashville. 6.6 million people that live in our state. And I was thinking, you guys know Chris Hodges, that's my pastor. They run 50,000 on the weekend in Alabama. In a state of 4.4 million people, we have 6.67 million people. There's no reason we can't run 50,000 at Faith Promise on the weekend. See, can anybody believe that with me? Four of you. Can anybody else get on board? Come on, guys. So this Heart for the Harvest is getting ready for the next 25 years. Where's this movement of God going? In February, we're going to celebrate 25 years. All the campuses, except our God Behind Bars, guys, we're going to meet downtown Knoxville, and we're going to, we haven't been all together in a long time, probably close to 10 years, 
and we're going to go. We're going to celebrate 25 years. Come on, come on. So it's a season of extending God's hand, expanding God's heart. It's about making God's name famous. Are you with me? That's what David said. I'm going to make God's name famous throughout all the lands. I believe we can make the name of Jesus famous across the state of Tennessee. Is anybody, can y'all believe that? And I believe with our partners, we can reach around the world. That's why we do things like Christmas Spectacular. No tricks, all treats. That's why we, we do all the outreaches that we do to make Jesus' name famous. And what I, I'm still praying every day that God will baptize faith promise, every promiser, with a burden that will get us out of our lazy boys. Are y'all with me? Come on. Out of apathy and into action. And winning the loss and making it hard to go to hell from the state of Tennessee. It's about extending and expanding is about making God's name famous. It's said biblically that the temple was the joy of the whole earth. Why? Because of how it was built and who it was built for. An incredible edifice. David said in verse 1, he said, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offerings for Israel. Now, I said a cross represented sacrifice. What does an altar represent? Sacrifice. I'm bringing my best and I'm offering up to God. In an agrarian society, they brought, they brought their harvest. They brought the firstborn of all their animals. We bring the first part of our increase, the first, first part of what God allows us to make. And so we extend and expand. If we're going to do that, it requires a foundation. The temple took Solomon seven years to lay the foundation. If we're going to build something incredible, you've got to have a great foundation. Are you all with me? Now, so that site was enlarged and that temple was built there, the temple of the meeting. Later, to the horror of the Israelites, that temple would be destroyed three different times. Each time it was rebuilt on the same temple mound. But let me tell you what our God can do. Our God can rebuild out of the ruins. Not just on the temple mount, but in your seat and in your family and in your community. And in your group, our God has enough power to rebuild out of ruins. When your life is falling apart, when your marriage is broken, when your health is gone, our God can rebuild something incredible out of ruins. God doesn't need much to do a lot. He spoke the universe into existence with a word. We've got to see our God. That's why we worship, so that we will see our God worthy and limitless. God can resurrect life out of ruins. Faith Promise was birthed 25 years ago with a faithful few, the founders, believing God for something incredible. And many of those, those founders, have, they've been promoted. They've already gone to heaven. But they gave believing, laying a foundation for what God would do. And I believe across at every campus, there are Davids. Davids who are helping build and lay a greater foundation, you're sacrificing and giving, and some of you will never see what will be built. David gave, and we're going to see in the next couple weeks, literally, literally, I'm like, billions upon billions of dollars, hundreds of tons of gold. We're going to talk about all that, that David did in preparation so the temple could be built. 
And so as we sacrifice, there are a lot of Davids here. And you've been sacrificed, you're going to keep on sacrificing. And let me tell you, one of the, the two greatest ways to sacrifice is giving for something you know you'll never see, or legacy giving. That is, I'm going to keep giving after I die. I'm going to put God in my will. Man, I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to put God, and part of what God has enabled me, I'm going to put that the kingdom, the work of God continues to go forth. Second Chronicles 22, 5, what does it say? My, what did he say? My son Solomon is young and inexperienced. And so the house built that will be built for the Lord shall be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all the lands. Therefore now I will make what? For it. So David made ample what? Come on, somebody say ample with me. Say preparation. That's what we've got to do for the next move of God. David said, I will make preparation for it. He made ample preparations, far more than we see in this first part of this chapter. Why? To extend and expand the kingdom and the heart and the hand of God requires faith. David had to give the bulk of his the, of great wealth to something that he would never see. Why? Because he wanted to amply prepare for what God wanted to do next. You know, it's it's sometimes it's hard to give sacrifice for something you'll never see. I want to give for what I get to see. It's like the it's like in Yad Vashem in Israel. The Holocaust Museum, there's the Street of the Righteous Gentiles who, who, who helped rescue Jews. And there are trees that are planted at Schindler from Schindler's List and Corey Timboom and others. A tree is planted that will not bear fruit for 20 years. And it was known back when, you know, in the Bible time, if you planted that tree, you would never get to eat of its fruit. Why? It's for other people. And there are people... Have they promised it have given to plant campuses that you have never even been at? Tons of people have never been to Anderson County campus, especially the brand new one we just moved into, or over to the Farragut campus, or at North Knoxville campus. You see, we've got a lot of Davids that are building altars and making preparation to pass the vision onto the next generation who will know the mighty works of God. But there's some Solomons in the room. Across every campus, there's Solomons. You're the ones that we're making preparation for. You'll be leading this ministry in years to come, and we're making preparation in this season of Heart for the Harvest to Solomon's who are young today and inexperienced. We're going to make preparation so when you stand up in leadership and you begin to take over, man, you'll have everything that you need. Come on, are y'all with me? Come on, that's what God wants us to do. It's so thoroughly biblical. Because I, what are we doing? I, it took Solomon seven years to lay the foundation. I believe God is about to launch a flurry of activity at Faith Promise. In fact, we are right now hiring some campus pastors for campuses we do not have yet. We're hiring them by faith. Are you with me? Believing that God is going to open up the door. And so I believe God's going to start clicking. It's going to blow our mind what God is about to do. Does this make sense? So we sacrifice. Why? To extend and expand requires a foundation of faith and of preparation and of sacrifice. So God has called all of us to extend his hand and extend his heart, hadn't he? All of us. We're commanded to do that, to be a part of a magnificent move of God that will make his name famous from Johnson City to Memphis. All across this long, skinny state, we're going to take the gospel, real people with real problems, experiencing the real love of Jesus 
for generations to come. I don't want Faith Promise to be a one-generation church and thinking, man, wasn't it good when old preacher, when old pastor Chris was here? No, no. Man, they laid a foundation, and what the glory of the latter days is going to be way greater than the glory of the former days. Are y'all with me? It's going to be incredible. And it's all built on the cornerstone, the block of the real love of Jesus. Those faith promise, man, those founders, what set them apart? Three things. They had faith that God was going to build an incredible church. Number two, they had vision for something that nobody had seen in East Tennessee. Number three, they lived sacrifice. There are some that are still here that have been given for 25 years to continue to expand the foundation, to extend the hand of God. Are y'all with me? Man, I don't want, listen, I do not want to be 10 years, 15 years now. Boy, you should have been here back 10 years ago. It used to really be good. I want people to say, man, 10 years ago, it was incredible. I'm so glad for what they did, but look what God is doing today. Let this move of God continue. (laughs) Shell and I were in Paris, I go twice a year and help mentor and train some of the greatest churches in the UK and boggle your mind what's happening over there right now. Revival's breaking out. It's Sweden, UK, it's Germany. I, I helped one church. It was, it, it's just, it's unbelievable what God is doing. But before that, we spent about four or five days in Paris celebrating our 35th anniversary and, and we went and visited Notre Dame and some other places that are just big, huge buildings, monuments, to something that happened long time ago. Are you with me? Long, I listen, I want, I want to live in the glory days today. And here's the deal. Jesus gave everything because he knew that you'd have a need. He knew that you'd be born, Romans 5 eight. but God demonstrated his love toward you and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus sacrificed to build a foundation so that 21 centuries later, when you would be born, there would be a place for you to come to know him. Are you with me? And today, he is extending his hand and extending his heart to you. Campus pastors, there's some people in your campuses that are ready to give their heart to Jesus. Take it over. We'll see you guys next week with no tricks, all treats. Now, online, God behind bars. There's some people, and you know, man, you're just, this, this, whole, this whole thing about stirring up our faith and growing and believing God is sort of really outside your bailiwick. It's not something you think about. That's not where you are. The real question is, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Come on. That's what matters right now. Paul said in the last chapter of 2 Corinthians, test yourself, but see if you be in the faith lest you fail the test. I failed a lot of tests in school. It was a spiritual gift. Because you can retake a class. I did that a lot too. This test you don't retake. And God doesn't grade on the curve. You're either born again or you're not. And some of you have been struggling. Today's the day for you to step over and in to faith. Some will lead us in a simple a profound confessional prayer. I ask you to pray this prayer with us if you're ready to open your heart up to Jesus. 
pray this. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I failed you. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. Make me new. Give me the gift of faith. Let me follow you the rest of eternity. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Now still with the heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that simple prayer, would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you. I opened my heart up to Jesus. Go ahead and lift it up. Lift it up. Go ahead or usher's just going to stick a card in your hand. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead and look up. As people across our campuses gave their heart to Jesus, every weekend people are saved. It's incredible to be a part of a church where people are still coming to Jesus. And so if you opened your heart up, do me a favor, take the communication card out, fill the top part out, check the circle. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. I would encourage you to check the next circle, which is baptism. And then if you've not been to next steps, I would encourage you just just go this weekend at Pellis AP 615 on Saturday, Sunday during the 1130 service. Pop in. We're going to help you find the purpose that God saved you for. Don't miss. It's going to be incredible. Don't just dive in there. It's going to help you. If you're a guest, if you'll throw the cards in, just let us know you're a first-time guest. Drop them in. And then when this service is over, guests go through the center doors at Pellissippi, and uh, we've got a gift for you. Has it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Come on. So as we get ready to move into uh, our time, our worship through offering and generosity, Man, you know, we have, all of us have dreams of financial freedom. Some of you are there. Man, I'm so grateful. But others want to be there. And then but when you think, if I, if I were to tithe, it'll take longer, I'll run out of money. I'm just not sure. And so for some of us, it's hard to believe that, that I'll have enough if I give generously. Can I tell you, from one dude that grew up in the projects, poor, you put God first and let God loose in your order, in your financial world, my soul, what God will do. I just want to challenge you to be faithful. Be faithful. Part of raising up an atmosphere of faith, just believing God in the financial realm, that God's going to move. So I want to challenge you just this weekend. Some of you, it's going to be your first time you've ever given. Others, you're elevating your giving to a level of tithing. And others, you're you're doing that and you're praying for what God would have you do. I want to challenge you to take these offering envelopes home, put them on your refrigerator, and use this as an opportunity to teach your kids during mealtime. Just hold this up say, as we get ready, let's pray what God wants each of us and our family to do and teach your kids to be generous. See, people think I'm supposed to do that because preachers are always begging for money. Not parents. Teach your kids financial freedom and generosity. And so, and then we'll bring these back on offering weekend in three weeks, and we'll just, we'll bring them down and part of that weekend and put that offering there. It's going to be incredible. We serve an, we serve an awesome God, don't we? Jesus, I'm going to pray. Usher's going to come forward. Father God, we pray you bless this offering. Those give the first time, those that are elevating up to tithe, and then, God, would you speak to our hearts 
Sometimes it's going to be shocking what you want us to do in Heart for the Harvest. I pray for financial miracles across the board. I pray you do incredible work. I pray you'll bless this offering. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, our God is the cornerstone. Amen. Give him praise, would you?